Here we go. Nice. Living in a scientific age, we need citizens who know enough about science to make intelligent decisions about what they do. We've used science to, to prolong life, to increase security and happiness. But it can also be used for destruction. Are we going to use it constructively? It'll be up to you, and you too. That is really weird to be hearing over Zoom, because <laughs> Zoom must have... has done a lot of work to I've noticed this in a lot of my classes where someone's like sorry that dog is barking so loud and like you can't hear any dog <laughs> when I was listening to that opening all I could hear was the spoken word oh so like it would be silent until he started speaking again I could hear a tiny bit of it at the beginning but it eventually filtered out and so all I heard very clearly was the guy talking huh so um, are you getting Segway a mono that. channel? Are you getting a mono channel that is only left or right? Maybe I I don't huh. know. I don't know. But yeah, I, I noticed that about Zoom too. Everyone will apologize for some noise, and it's like nobody we couldn't hear anything. Huh? What a time to be alive. <laughs> so um, I was just chatting with Chat G, GPT about our jokes. Um. <laughs> And did it recommend us not doing them anymore? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> uh, and uh, it gave, uh, I, I've got three here. So we've got, okay. um, why did the atom move to Portland, Oregon? Why? Because it heard it had the perfect chemistry for a positive vibe. And then I said, okay, that's not funny. And uh, <laughs> try again. And then it said. You helped its machine learning by telling it it was <laughs> terrible at comedy. And it, the the second try was, well, because it heard there was a lot of potential energy in the city. Slightly <laughs> well, less we're terrible. We're getting closer. And then uh, I said, try again altogether. And it said, uh, why did the scientist from Portland bring an umbrella to the lab? Because they heard there was a high chance of precipitation in their experiment. And what? <laughs> so <laughs> that gets a, a like a well, it doesn't get an up or down. It just gets a it, oh, <laughs> it just fulfills the requirement of having words involved. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and so a, a, a precipitant is something in a chemistry experiment and so that's you know i i, I get what i was trying to do but it is fascinating or you must have plugged in the words to to make it portland specific i, I did uh, yeah the prompt was what's a good because that's pretty interesting that it tried to tie that to things known about portland what's a good joke for a casual podcast about portland oregon and science Huh. Well, that's not well. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's something, I guess I'll that's, say. That's that's not nothing. That's it, not nothing. The Mark and Todd cast. Um Ah, uh, it feels like I've it's been forever since we've chatted. Yeah, and I don't think it's actually been that long, but um, but yeah. Um but every moment away from you is forever. So, um <laughs> 
Uh, our friend of the show, Rose, uh, my next door neighbor who uh, we had on the show a couple months ago about her heart transplant. Yes. Uh, she has a new heart beating in her <gasps> chest right now. And wow. And a new kidney filtering out all the kidney things. Uh, wow. And so, uh, so she got got the call on Saturday morning uh, at 4 a.m., and uh, she, or yeah, around 4 a.m., she was, she had a plane ticket in her hand and bags packed at 5 a.m. and was uh, on a plane two hours later. Uh, wow. And so prepped for surgery on um, yesterday, which was Sunday morning. And so she flew in on Saturday, did all the pre-checks and everything. And then Sunday morning was the heart surgery that lasted. Uh, we don't have details, but but hours. Uh, and then there was a two or three hour gap between that surgery and the kidney surgery. And then a number of hours for the kidney transplant surgery. And um, and so uh, John, uh, her part, her partner, my next door neighbor, John, uh, talked to her this morning. She's speaking uh, very sedated, <laughs> very brief answers, but uh, she's doing well, and wow. uh, and so we'll learn more about the details and and how long the surgery was. And yeah, and, and we'll definitely stuff, at but... some point in the next years to give her some time <laughs> have to have her on the show to kind of do a a, a follow follow up. up. So it sounds like the the donor uh, organs were from the same person then. I imagine, but I don't, yeah. I don't know that that to be the case. I, I imagine that that would like if you've got a match of somebody that that matches matches tissues, you'd want all their organs. Right, um, right. And so uh, I imagine that that's the case. Uh, you know, just doing some cursory reading uh, online that isn't valid <laughs> validated by anybody that knows anything. Citation needed. Yeah, citation needed. <laughs> um, once a heart has left a living human i have about four hours to put it into the next human and so uh our assumption is that that person was brain dead on uh you know on ventilation or or something like that Mm. and then they literally to keep the body alive yeah yeah (laughs) that's wow that is ethically charged (laughs) so so there's a lot there to unpack and yeah uh, wow well yeah ultimately a a life-affirming story absolutely wow that is great yeah i told (laughs) i told you i think about your neighbor every time i come over sunday and (laughs) have that cigarette before the show right in front of their living room windows windows. (laughs) yeah uh, really great neighbors, and so we're watching their dog. Uh, Moon, oh, good, Moon, good, good. Who is blind and very? Oh no, he's very independent. Like he, uh, in the past, has uh, gotten free and and wandered the neighborhood blind. Whoa. Yeah, he's he's he doesn't he's not afraid. He's not afraid at all. What kind of dog is it? He's kind of a a shepherd mix. Uh, okay. but he's really cool. And, uh, so we're, we're just hanging out with him. Nice. 
<laughs> Wowie, wow. That is quite something. But I'm glad there's there's an update because totally. uh, uh, there is a minor update and uh, investigations are still ongoing. <laughs> Which is to say, I haven't looked into it any further than I have. But I was, it's so funny. Colin, who is uh, the autistic boy that I've been caring for since he was three, moved in with me. Yeah. Uh, last week, it's been a week and a couple days. It's going great. He awesome. is kind of like me at night where he'll just stay. I let him in my room, and then there's a kind of a kitchen area attached to that that I use for my office. So he kind of just stays on that side of the house at night watching his stuff, and I stay over here watching my stuff. We yeah. watched Cocaine Bear and The <laughs> Departed. <laughs> <laughs> which wow yeah he's a huge fan it's so funny because um he watches tons of movies knows all the actors but like he knows the actors from like the wrong not the wrong things but like since he generally will watch like a f- weird family comedy about a dog like from 1993 <laughs> there's like ed asner is in it for some reason or whatever so he doesn't know ed asner from like the things everyone else does he'll be like the guy from whatever and so that's so funny so he'll just like pop around and click on people and then find their whole the background then... actor from Airbud. <laughs> 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 yes, anything with a dog in it, he's on top of awesome. who, who that or a mermaid. Um, <laughs> but he uh, really likes uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and Tobey Maguire, and is like interested because they were famous like in the '90s, back when we were mm-hmm. as as children and watching them grow up. So I, that's that's why he wanted to watch The Departed. Like one night, he's like, "Let's watch The Departed." I'm like, "What? Mm-hmm. Okay, all right." But that movie has everyone in it so like no wonder he was curious and we sat through that whole two hours and 45 minutes of that movie i was kind of surprised but um so that's going really good uh living together but we he is suddenly into he's always uh, loved basketball and so we've gone out and shot hoops all the time i just return the ball to him because i suck at basketball and i don't care all that much but suddenly he's into baseball so we've been going to the park to play Baseball, which is funny because baseball is the only sport that I've never played ever, like okay. an organized game of. Like I didn't play Little League because it was always ASO soccer was was uh, always what I did. And then baseball season and soccer season at school were the same time. And like so I just never played. So it's I'm trying to pitch like <laughs> overhand real pitches. Right. <laughs> to him, which my body will not allow me to do in a way, you know what I mean? Like they're always like super wide and it's my brain being like, you don't know how to throw this ball. His reaction times are compromised. Why are you doing this? (laughs) So it's been a fascinating. And when he, when he said, you know, Oh, can we go play baseball? I'd said, I'd love to go play with you. That's great. I don't know how to play. I am going to be bad. It will be frustrating to you, <laughs> which has been an which has been an interesting experience because usually it's the other way around. He's right. you know people are waiting for him or whatever, and it was an interesting contact. And then every time I get really really terrible, he goes, "Slow down, <laughs> take your time," and then he mimics all the things like look to your left, look to your right. You know, look down at your mid, like all the things that you see, like real pitchers do or whatever. Right. <laughs> but yeah. we were at the park the other day and I noticed uh, here at the Tanner Creek Park in, in West Lynn, 
Um, they converted all the, the tennis courts to pickleball courts like they have in, in many places. And we were out in the field and I was like, well, that's funny because they're not, it's not as loud as it used to be. And I kind of, lo- I was like, well, maybe I'm just tuning it out or whatever. But then I kind of watched the people playing and like I could hear the ball being smacked back and forth. But I'm wondering if now if they're covering the ball with felt or they've changed it somehow because of all of the complaints that people are getting as pickleball explodes. And it's just it is obnoxious. But I mean, silent if you chose to silent live next to a park. Ball. That is part of it. So, yeah, I, I'm ongoing investigation means I haven't looked any further into that except for noticing that it was markedly quieter huh. this time around at the pickleball court. So <laughs> anyway, nice. Uh, and uh, uh, another friend of the show, Brian, the Unipiper kid is Ooh, currently yes. on a plane headed to Italy and uh, he's going to be. Uh, just over a week in Italy, and uh, is ex- he there? I feel like, like in our group chat, I missed the initial discussion, and so like I didn't want to be the one just demanding everyone retell <laughs> me the story. Is he going there for work? No, not at all. So, okay. his father, uh, this is his father's third time going, and uh, this time he invited Brian along, <clears throat> and so his father, oh, fun. his father is a uh, an artist, a painter who's uh, amazing, uh, amazing, and and renowned and um and so uh my husband nick and i uh, lived in italy for a while and we've explored a lot of things and so uh brian said hey here's my our itinerary that my father prepared and uh we looked at it i'm like oh that's terrible you're making (laughs) terrible decisions and so i uh like just picking things that are like are just, just tourist like, traps and like or that kind of spending, stuff. Spending way too much time in this area and no okay. time in this area. I'm like, you have that backwards. Let me, uh, let me take your locations and just adjust and add to and 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 augment. Especially Henry, his father, who is an artist. If he's never been to the Borghese Gallery in Rome or or whatever, like it's a shame if he misses those things. So, uh, so I you know lovingly put together kind of my recommendations based on their structure that they had, and uh, here's how to tweak this itinerary. Uh, and uh, Henry changed them all, and so I hope that they have a really, really good time <laughs> <laughs> and not complain about my itinerary changes. But uh, <clears throat> I've been to wow. I've been to all the places that they're going multiple times, and I uh, I know Brian really well, and so I believe that this uh, will be a really, really fantastic trip. And so I uh, got to good. talk to him for a bit this morning as we we're heading to the airport and. Uh, um, looking forward to hearing how his uh, yeah. We goes. should have him on uh, have him on the show uh, when he comes back <laughs> totally. to talk about that. My parents are right now in South Africa. Wow, on a on a uh, safari type trip. Fun. They were supposed to go in 2020, 
but <laughs> that never happened. And yeah. so it would just put off for years and years and years as they always kept recanceling. The companies would keep recanceling or whatever. Yeah. So finally they're down there and having their safari. So I'm very excited for them to, I asked my mom if she had enough me. It was, it, so I've only flown internationally to, um, get to Tanzania and I went through Amsterdam Same. and then down, which were both like, it was well, like 12 hours to yeah. Amsterdam and then yeah. like another 10 down to Tanzania or Probably, whatever. Probably. Yeah. And my mom said they flew to Atlanta and then Atlanta right to South Africa in like 12 hours or something like yep. that. And I was like, oh, wow, that's pretty good. So, but I was asking him like, did you, do you, are you bringing tissues? Do you have a neck pillow? Do you, <laughs> do you have enough media for the long, for the long trip? And she said, yeah, I've got a couple, a couple movies and then some episodes of the Mark and Todd cast. So <laughs> we are, we are now, Perfect. we've finally gone international. We've <laughs> totally gone international. Um, yeah, and all the modern planes now, especially the the wide bodies that that fly international, have a very extensive collection of TV shows, audiobooks, movies, all, all right yeah, in the screen ahead of you. So. Uh, I'm just used to Southwest where totally. <laughs> they throw one bag of peanuts into the middle of the plane and you all have to fend for yourself to get one. <laughs> totally. totally. Uh, uh, all right. Well, let's head into some news stories. We do have an exciting update about the Wolverine sightings that um, we've been um, following. Um. The fifth time in less than a month, the Wolverine was spotted and was caught on camera this time. On April 6, it was seen darting across Highway 20 near the Santium Pass in the Central Cascades. A wildlife expert said that the Wolverine can travel up to 30 miles in a day, making wow. that trip possible. So that is quite a long time for a Wolverine to, yeah, that's a to lot travel, travel in one day. Yeah. So... Who knows where the Wolverine will end up, but we will we will be chronicling its every movement until I f until I forget to keep updating. <laughs> um, I did like how this next article um, the article didn't quite match the uh, headline. The headline is "Red Alert for Magnitude Nine Earthquake Off Pacific Coast as Crack Discovered in a 600 Mile Fault at the Bottom of the Ocean." So that 600-mile fault is the Cascadia subduction zone. The hole was first spotted in 2015. Scientists now warn that liquid coming out is, <laughs> is a so-called, quote, fault lubricant, which allows tectonic plates to move easily. Therefore, the fluid that is, uh, that is in the cracks of the faults, or the more fluid that is in the cracks, the less pressure there is between the two plates. Without it, pressure can build and leading to a quake. So what they have found is that it's lubricating itself, preventing earthquakes. But the headline is red alert for magnitude nine mega earthquake off Pacific well, coast. Um, I heard a take on it that basically the lubricant is leaving uh, the crack. And so there's a hole that's allowing the lubricant to leave. And so there is oh. no more lubricant, you know, uh -oh. or it's or going less. to. <laughs> and so it's, it's just raw. The tectonic plates are just raw dogging each other. <laughs> I wasn't going to say that. But. Hi, well, Mrs. either Warkoven. way, uh, yeah. <laughs> hopefully the connection in South Africa is that, that she cannot download it. I'll just title it. Do not download this episode. Um, 
Anyway, well, either way, we're overdue for that earthquake. So nothing we discover is going to prevent or speed that up. So <sighs> yeah. why don't you take the next story? So MIT scientists, they discovered a remarkable, quote, uh, way to reverse Alzheimer's disease. The exciting achievement came about after researchers were able to interfere with an enzyme typically found to be overactive in the brains of Alzheimer's patients. The hyperactive enzyme, CDK5, was treated with an unnamed peptide or string of amino acids. <clears throat> the hope with further testing is that this particular peptide might be a treatment for dementia, particularly dementia brought on by CDK5 overactivity. So enzymes from my very basic knowledge, they are something that allows a process to happen. Is that kind of what enzymes do? I'm no idea. Um, (laughs) Really don't. Um, (laughs) Well, from here on out, enzymes are things (laughs) that allow other things to happen. That's why I was kind of figured in my head. It was kind of like the key that allowed two things to either synthesize or change or blah, blah, blah. Whether or not that's true or not, It's interesting that dementia would be a hyperactivity instead of the degradation of activity that we kind of all associate different types of dementia or memory loss or things like that. Like we always think of that as a degradation of things. And so it's interesting that. So I did get confirmation. They are uh, typically they're a protein that acts as a catalyst in various biochemical reactions. So they speed up reactions by lowering the activation energy required for the reaction to to occur. Okay. So, yeah, like I said, enzymes are things that allow things to happen. Exactly. (laughs) That's how I remember reading it in my textbooks. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, you can take this next one, too. Cool. So, uh, a a sad day, uh, but uh, Darcel, public memorial for world-famous drag queen, world famous drag queen planned in portland so as we know uh, uh darcel passed away um uh, or late last month i believe yeah uh, so. <clears throat> according to a post on poison waters and friends facebook page a memorial for cole will be held tuesday april 25th at the arlene schnitzer concert hall in portland doors were open at six with seating at seven the formal event will begin at 7.30. The All Ages Memorial is open to the public at no cost, but is ticketed. The Post said that an online link for general admission tickets will be made available soon. I wonder if the Schnitzer <clears throat> is big enough for that. Like, it's a mid-size venue, but, like, seems like that would be a very populated thing to want to get to. Yeah. Um, yeah. And- uh, I'm going to look for tickets right after the show and see... If we can oh, nice. In. Yeah, I did notice as part of that uh, part of that article, there is a uh, OPB on OPB's YouTube channel, a full documentary. It's about a half hour long, it looks like, about Darcel that yeah. was made a while ago. And I don't really know all that much about Darcel except, you know, what the few interactions that you guys have had or whatever and just yep. knowing the name and stuff like that. So I'm intrigued. Well, that and I heard stories about people getting dressed down by Darcel during shows and kind of the 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 drag <laughs> attitude of, of dragging people. So but yeah, I'm, I'm kind of interested to find out a little bit more behind uh, Darcel, not just 
as an older person, which is kind of right. where I've come into the story, but to see how that all started. So, so <clears throat> sorry, in uh, 2007, yeah, 2007, I organized a, the world record drag queen chorus line. Uh, oh, that's right. A, as a groomer, uh, <clears throat> groomer, as a uh, groomer. Um, oh, I don't have any of my buttons. <laughs> as a, uh, a fundraiser for Smirk, the Sexual Minority Youth Resource Center in Portland, and Darcel was our um, marshal, our grand marshal, and I went to Darcel's to talk with Cole about this project and uh, in prep preparation for it, and uh, I this was the first time meeting uh, Cole in in person and. Um, I had seen Darcel in drag in in the show before, but this was the first time talking talking to Cole outside of makeup. And so uh, I go into Darcel's, and he's sitting with uh, Roxy at the time, and sitting at the table. And so you're the one that wants to do the impossible. <laughs> you want to organize drag queens. <laughs> 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 and I'm like, well, you know, yeah. Uh, as a, uh, uh, that's pretty great. Thing. And uh, yeah, so I just remember that, uh, like, <laughs> I I I was speechless. I'm like, yeah, yeah. but uh, uh, he was great. That's a pretty great interaction, though. Yeah, yeah. Showed up at the at the event was really inspirational. Um, Jinx Monsoon, who is now Uber uh, exploding and and on Broadway in Chicago and doing all these mm. uh, incredible things. Um, was the host of uh, hostess of that event, and oh, wow. uh, and she was eighteen at the time. So, uh, oh we, wow, we knew her when. Sell that footage. <laughs> totally. I mean, good for her. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, a navy ship named for Confederate victory now honors a Black Union hero. The USS Chancellorville is now called the USS Robert Smalls, uh, who we've done uh, on the show as a, as a podcast topic before. Uh, he was the man who stole a Confederate steamer loaded with guns and delivered it to the Union Navy, delivering himself and 16 other Kroon families from slavery. Quote, nice. it is a much more consistent, it is much Oh, it is a move much more consistent with the Navy's values, said Captain Edward Angelinas, who commanded the ship, going from a Confederate victory to this incredible story of a former slave who commandeered a Confederate ship and turned it over to the Union Navy. Rebel Generals Robert E. Lee and Stonewall Jackson won a decisive victory over the U.S. military in Chancellorville. Uh, as recently as 1989, the U.S. Navy saw fit to name a warship for that battle. Just seven years ago, there was still a portrait of Lee and Jackson displayed in the ship's war room. The U.S. military is in the process of renaming all bases and warships that honor the Confederacy, including Civil War generals who enslaved people and fought against U.S. military. The newly christened USS Robert Smalls may be the most direct repudiation of that legacy so just yeah he was a civil war hero who escaped from slavery in 1862 he was the first black man to command the u.s naval vessel and later later served in the u.s house of representatives as well as a bunch of other cool things that he did so yeah go back and listen to our robert smalls episode for more about him (sighs) you want to talk about tupperware oh tupperware uh, Tupperware. Tupperware. Uh, that doesn't work. The Orlando-based company said 
<clears throat> oh, uh, the title is Tupperware warns it may go out of business and stocks plunge. The Orlando-based company said that it had a substantial doubt about its ability to continue as a as a going concern in a press release and securities filing. Uh, shares of the direct marketing company plunged 50% after the announcement late Friday. The company struck a deal to sell its wares in Target last October as part of its turnaround plan. That same month, it renegotiated its agreements with lenders to give the company more flexibility. Tupperware also faces a lawsuit from investors <laughs> accusing the company of hiding serious issues in its financial filings. Those serious issues were, were found in a sealed container in the, in the freezer. <laughs> that burped when you opened <clears throat> it. It burped when you So they must, it still says it's a direct market company. Yeah. So yeah, I guess, it, uh, but don't they, I, do they not sell anything in retail? I feel like well, that, every time I the see them. The only time that you could was in Target. Yeah, everything else is just so. I guess everything off. else is like Rubbermaid or whatever. Yep. Just everybody copying their interesting. Yeah, because it's so synonymous still Tupperware, with everyone just calls it Tupperware or something. Yeah, yeah, and you know, in the seventies, my my grandmother was a Tupperware dealer and my mom was a Tupperware dealer, and everybody everybody. That's one of the jokes of in in airplane that doesn't work anymore because there's a scene where they're on the in the peace corps or whatever and uh julie haggerty the lady is showing the tribes people about supperware they call it and that doesn't really translate anymore <laughs> as a joke because yeah it's been uh, those parties are probably a thing of the past clearly right. if they're going out of business so all right tell us about rei as well <sighs> Yeah, I uh, I read this article this morning, and I read a follow up uh, from mm. a resident at the at the building. So, uh, REI is to close the only Portland store, citing break ins and theft. In an email to its members on Monday, REI said its store in Portland had its highest number of break ins and thefts in two decades, despite actions to provide extra security. The company added that it has outgrown the Pearl District store. A spokesperson added that the building needed significant investment to address unspecified, quote, issues. While we do not... <laughs> that's, what I, that's, that's what I start telling people about myself. I need significant investment to address <laughs> my, my unspecified issues. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <clears throat> while we do not believe a downtown Portland location will be possible in the near term, our stores in Tualatin... Hillsborough and Clackamas remain open and ready to outfit you with the gear and advice you need to enjoy life outside. REI told its members in an email, the Pearl district store is expected to close in early 2024. The lease expires in February. And so, um, the, the person, so this was posted on Reddit in the, in the Portland subreddit. And there was a, uh, commenter who was a member of the HOA, and a resident in the condos that are in that building. And uh, he moved in there when it first opened and left in 2020. And uh, so he was there for 15 years because it opened in 2005. And uh, he, he described the issues and assaults and arson and uh, crazy things that have gone on uh, physically. But it, but it also... 
there was a deal struck in the production of the building that the retail uh, tenants in the building, because there's there's retail, and I think that there's other businesses besides REI in that building, I, I think. Mm. Uh, there's a huge parking lot and a very small number of condos. And there was a deal struck to uh, cover the maintenance of the building collectively between the residents and the retail. And now that the big retail is pulling out, the residents are going to be on the hook for tens of thousands of dollars. So it's, it's a really bad situation for those people who own property there and uh, are, uh, so it's, it's a bad situation. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Well, the good news is Biden signs a bill ending COVID-19. Awesome. Uh, as, a, as a national emergency, the bill to end the national emergency <laughs> cleared the Senate last month in a bipartisan uh, vote and passed the House earlier this year with 11 Democrats crossing party lines to vote for a joint resolution. Quote, since Congress voted to terminate the national emergency earlier than anticipated, the administration has worked to expedite its wind down and provide as much notice as possible to potential impacted individuals, said the official, uh, adding the country is in a different place than it was in January. <laughs> All right. The official <laughs> said, to be clear, ending the national emergency will not impact the planned wind down of the public health emergency on May 11, which enabled the government to provide many Americans with uh, COVID tests, treatments, vaccines at no charge, as well as offer enhanced Social Security net uh, benefits and all that. But since Congress moved to undo the national emergency earlier than intended, we've been working with agencies to address the impacts of ending the declaration early. The White mm. House signed the White House has signaled strong opposition but he said he'll sign it if it comes across his desk. So the White House had plans to end both emergencies by May 11th. I don't what's the other emergency? There's the COVID emergency. There must be two different types of emergency then that I just read and didn't mm, completely didn't know. understand. But anyway, well, NPR quit Twitter, so <clears throat> we'll see how that ends up. Um, yes, I'm kind of. I'm not imp like impressed is too strong of a word, but like good for them, I guess, because state affiliate. I mean, I get the technicality of it, but it's so ironic to call public radio state run state media media. Jesus. But uh, anyway, well, why don't you talk about this national crisis? So I, Speaking I, read, of. I read a bit about the missing Sriracha on shelves a couple months ago. I haven't really thought about it since, but SoCal's Sriracha sauce facing unprecedented inventory shortage. Some stores begin rationing. So uh -oh. the Southern California company that produces Sriracha sauce warns it's now experiencing an unprecedented in inventory shortage. The maker of the popular hot sauce doesn't know when the shortage will end. Last year, Drought conditions in Mexico caused a shortage of red jalapeno peppers used in making sriracha. Production resumed in the fall, but now restocking shelves has become an issue. Some retailers are rationing how many <laughs> bottles shoppers can buy. So <clears throat> they make it sound like they had nothing to do with this. And it turns out uh, I've read a, a different article that had a completely different take. Interesting. On, uh, it is all their fault. And... <laughs> 
they, they I'm just propagating fake news. They like snubbed a offer <laughs> for uh supply chain inventory uh at a reasonable rate and, and stuff. I'm going to do a little uh, research and follow up with this uh, because I'm, I'm a little interested. Yeah. And um, because I think that this story is telling just the good parts, uh, you know, uh, as it pertains to the Sriracha company. And uh, there's, there's more, there's a lot more to the story. Well, stay tuned, I guess, to the Mark and yeah. Todd guest to see how that <laughs> unfolds. Uh, other sad news that I thought happened months ago, Al Jaffe, who was one of the iconic illustrators for Mad Magazine, he did the snappy answers to stupid questions. He did all the fold-ins on the back page where you fold it to make a, a new picture to complete the joke. He has passed away uh, at 102 years old. Man. He was born in ni- 1921. Uh, so I'm thinking, because I thought we had this story a little bit ago, that that must have been Mort Drucker, uh, oh. who was another another artist at mad magazine, but sadly another thing that just has no traction in the world anymore, especially with kids mad magazine, because it's such a, such a, like a foundational thing for so much comedy, maybe even not directly, but like every comedy writer grew up reading mad magazine, watching the Simpsons, all of those things that uh, formulate their whole, their whole worldview. Well, the, this was part of a longer article, but I sort of picked it out to to make a point. And the headline is moderate drinking has no health benefits, according to decades of research for decades. Scientists uh, studied scientists. Easy. <laughs> scientists have discussed the inability to read off a screen for decade. Scientific studies suggested that moderate drinking was better for most people's health than not drinking at all and could even help them live longer. But a new analysis of more than 40 years has concluded many of those studies were flawed and that the opposite is true. Blah, blah, blah. This is sort of like the are eggs good for you or is right. this is eating one half of a piece of bread once a week it lengthens your life it's like there's no real way to study something that complicated right especially like it's just so because we can't we can't put a thousand people in a box and have everything be the same with the exception of half of them get a glass of wine a day and the others don't and see what happens after 50 years uh, and they would all have to be that. clones of each other because totally, like totally. <laughs> maybe that's one thing like we'll just I mean, I guess for scientific research, we'll be able to that's one of the things that we'll be able to do is just reproduce the same body, you know, 500,000 times <laughs> to conduct experiments like I think this. one of the things that they're doing is, is similar to that is they're they're producing synthetic cells or synthetically producing real cells. Uh, to make a tissue or a really primitive organ that then they can experiment on that doesn't have a conscience <laughs> or <laughs> feelings or we don't nerves. have to feel bad about getting it drunk all the time right exactly <laughs> blow just vaping right in its <laughs> face or whatever so, um 
Yeah. Well, I don't have a – none of these stories were really are good for the last fun story. <clears throat> so we don't have one other than Richard Branson's orbit, Virgin Orbit Rocket Company is filing for bankruptcy. So, so, so there's two companies that he's got. There, there's like the the low uh, low passing uh, plane that sh- this is the orbit orbiter, not okay, the other ones like the, the tourism one. one or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Okay. No. So we'll still. Well, be that's able- the end of that since I didn't copy any of the story to read from that. Perfect. So. <laughs> Well, I wanted to talk a little bit about something that kind of came across my Facebook um, my Facebook feed, and I looked into it more, and it was really interesting, and it was the story of Galvarino. Okay. <laughs> the end. No. The end. So this all takes place in South America 500 years ago in the early years of um, the Araku, uh, Araku War where uh, Spanish conquistadors routed several thousand Mapuche Indians in the Battle of Luganias in the south-central Chile. So all that to say, 500 years ago in south-central Chile, the Spanish showed up on the shores, no doubtedly according to the white man. The ships were so big, the the natives didn't even know what they were or that they existed. (laughs) But anyway, yes, they suddenly show, the Spanish uh, conquistadors show up on the shore with... uh, much better weapons, uh, guns and cannons and horses, uh, and imprisoned several thousand of the Mapuche Indians in South Chile. Uh, there was 150 prisoners, and among them was a ch- young chief named Galvarino. And they were marched back to the Spanish encampment after a swift and probably not very fair trial. The Spanish troops ordered ordered troops to sever the right hand and nose of each warrior and to cut off both hands of the leaders like Galvarino. The gruesome act would be a message to the rest of them to submit. Uh, According to this legend, after Galvarino's left hand was hacked off, he bravely offered up his right and watched the hatchet fall without flinching. He He then asked the torturers to deliver a final killing blow, which they did not do. So they sent him and a dozen other mutilated warriors back to um, their Mapuche tribe and uh, told them to tell everyone else to surrender. Uh, but Galvarino did not do that. Instead, he urged everyone to continue to fight against the Spanish intruders, saying um, that he raised his handless arms into the air and told them that what uh, had been done to them, the Spanish would do to everyone else if they surrendered. And he said, uh, my brethren, why have you stopped fighting these Christians? The damage they have done since they entered our realm and what they have done to me is what they will continue to do if we are not diligent in destroying these injurious peoples. Um, So he was uh, sort of inciting them to keep fighting and he knew that he had to fight. But then again, he had hands. I have no hands. He did not have hands. So the next thing he did was to fasten knives to both of his wrists. So even though there's no record of how big the knives are, were or how sharp they were or were uh, what they were made out of, but um, it was probably obsidian or something like that because it's what they were using for their spears and their arrowheads and stuff like that. Um, but he, he, uh, 
they have been referred to as lances and uh, practically the Mapuche people had very effective cauterization techniques to even allow this process to take place. Um, on November 30, 1557, less than a month after his capture, Galvarino was on the front line of what became known as the Battle of Milarapu. The plan was to ambush the Spanish encampment and overwhelm them before they could uh, use their artillery and horses, but they sprang their trap a little too early. And despite the initial success at stymieing the cavalry, the commander managed to hit the native attackers with cannon fire, opening up a seam for his horsemen to ride through and sow chaos. At the end, 3,000 Mapuche were killed compared to only a minor injuries and scores of dead horses on the Spanish side. There were also several hundred Mapuche captured Galvarino among them. So he is recaptured. Um, and even though we don't know how he did during Galvarino did during the battle, whether or not he was more of a leader in the bat or, you know, directing people or actually um, participating in the in the fight, a Spanish soldier later, a Spanish soldier rather uh, later wrote an account titled Cronica. And he said that Galvarino uh, motioned his warriors forward with his bladed arms, yelling, "Nobody is allowed to flee but to die, because you are because you died defending your mother country." Um, they also note that uh, this perhaps was given a little bit a little extra flourish in the storytelling. But uh, they also notice Galvarino went up against Mendoza's squadron and managed to cut down the general's second in command. But he was captured, like I said, and there was no third or final chance. Uh, him and his men were sentenced to hang. Um, there was an epic poem titled La Araca Arac Aracana, and that claimed that somebody tried to intervene on Galvarino's behalf, uh, hoping to have him join the Spanish, to which Galvarino replied, I would rather die than live like you, and I'm only sorry that my death will keep you from tearing, uh, will keep me from tearing you to pieces with my teeth. So um, some, yeah, that's pretty hardcore. So some say that he was hanged. Others say that he was thrown to uh, the wild dogs, um, and others say that he was killed. Uh, more of them say that he was thrown to the dogs, but um, he was indeed killed. And that war would go on for another 300 years what? with the Mapuche continuously resisting colonization by the Spanish. The story of Galvarino was a rallying cry for the Mapuche um, and has served more than any other to perpetuate the Mapuche's reputation for courage and tenacity. Um, in eight and then finally in 18. So yeah, from 1557 or whatever to 1825, which is so crazy wow. to think that something that began in the 1500s just ended in 1825. Um, Chile declared independence from Spain, although resistance against the state continues. So, so they're still, they're still fighting. Wow. <laughs> That's hardcore. Poor Chile. And it's so tiny too. It's like, just right. let it be its little strip of strip of thing and we'll like we'll all leave it alone <laughs> but yeah i thought that was a super cool story about the the uh south american warrior with blades strapped to the stumps of his arms so find out more there's a couple of fun little youtube videos on it about galvarino wow and that is that's that it. so that's really cool yeah yeah oh so the story 
The story of Galvarino is not long, which is why we find ourselves with a little <laughs> little time at the end. I want to play, and I'll, I'll guarantee this for next, uh, maybe not next time, but when we're in the studio again together in a couple months. They found the original recording of the Wilhelm scream. Oh. And I heard it on uh, a podcast yeah. I listened to earlier this week, and there's like several different takes of the screen and you can hear the director being like no 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 no! you're being eaten by alligators you're not saying ow <laughs> you're screaming or whatever and then you hear him do that iconic scream and it's just so yeah at some point we'll play that if you can't wait if you can't <laughs> wait you can look that up but um there um, you go the tickets are available for uh the darcel thing they are sold out and they are um they have a standby list so you can oh, join okay. the standby wow. list if people don't show up um for their um original tickets they'll serve the sam- standby line wow yeah that doesn't surprise me so that's coming up on what the 25th the today? 25th tuesday Tour. the 25th at 7:30 p.m. okay yeah we're uh doing a recording on a on a monday so it's going to be it's going to be throwing me off all week. We're the we're like the not nerd podcast recording <laughs> on Mondays. <sighs> Anything else, Mark? That's going on that we should talk about? I don't think so. I'm, How are you? We're we're doing well. I um, the little side project we're working on here. I'm I'm building a puppet, which we'll uh, oh, talk yes, about yes, more yes. later. And uh, he's all it's so fun to come up. over and see yeah. all the felt and and foam and eyeballs Fur and, and glue and, and all the things yeah so uh he's all sewed up uh and and working really well um now i have to trim hair and um uh, and give him some um uh, some top hair you know yeah, and, yeah. And using feathers to uh accent uh everything but uh he's coming along and it looks looks really good looks like a lot of fun Good, good. Yeah, that's been a fun project to watch, to watch you put together. You and your sewing machines and your <laughs> your eyeball molds and, and all of that. There's stuff, a lot of so. glue. There's, I the Dremel and the heat heat gun and all the things. <laughs> I've got all the tools for making puppets now. Oh yeah, yeah. Super, super fun. Well, thanks for taking time out of your totally. Monday afternoon to chat. Um, I don't know. You have you have control, full control of the board over there to play us out with whatever you see fit. So thank you for everyone for listening. Uh, at the end of the month, uh, we will be doing a Portland at the movies about a movie called The Reconciler. The Reconciler which can be found on the YouTube channel Christian Movies. So that is what oh. we are in for. So oh, wow. Yeah, and you'll have to look. Um, there is a little bit of story about how I how I this is this is a Todd pick. Uh, how I found that, but there's an interview. One of the YouTube channels that I watch uh, did a review of it, and then the create the director and writer of the film ended up doing like an hour long interview with this YouTuber that I like. So that's going to be something else that you have to watch too um, as we go in. But it's pretty interesting. So stay tuned for that. Listen to Fun Employment Radio. Do all the things. Have a good week, guys, and cool. take us out, Mark. Uh, I don't have any audio to take us out with, so we will go with this. But he's gay. I mean, he's gay. Excuse me, he's blind. Perfect. <laughs> there we go. Talk to you All later, right. guys. Bye.